This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello there. This is Andrew WK. Welcome to America WK, third ever episode. There will never be another third episode. Thank you very much for joining me. If you've been with me every week or found the time to check out the other episodes, that means a great deal to me. And welcome back. And if it's your first time, thank you for giving this a try. This is only my third ever episode on radio, so I ask for your patience with me and your understanding as I continue to figure out this new radio adventure. But it is a real thrill to be doing this, and I wanted to get right into it this week with a topic that I introduced and mentioned to you, I believe last week, and if not last week, I may have mentioned it the week before. It is a pretty unusual experience that I went through, and I really want to talk with you about it. Uh, It may take up our entire program here, but if uh, we have time, I do have some other topics that I look forward to discussing, if not now, then certainly on one of the upcoming episodes. I've been getting some great suggestions, some great requests from you can always write to me. Go to Andrew WK on any of the main social media avenues. So twitter.com slash A-N-D-R-E-W-W-K or facebook.com slash Andrew WK. Instagram. What else? Of course, AndrewWK.com. But I look for your feedback there. I found it very helpful. I've at times found it extraordinarily humbling. But uh, overall, It's very encouraging feedback, and I I thank you for taking the time not only to listen and be part of this, but also for sharing uh, very, very good ideas, great insights, introducing me to all kinds of stuff. As I said in the very first episode of America WK, one of the things I was most excited about, if not the most excited about in regards to having this show, was to learn myself. I feel I have a great deal to learn like I've barely even started learning about life and the world. Even though at 36 years old, you'd think uh, I'd have a, quite a bit under my belt already. And while I do have a, a fair amount of life experience under my belt, I'm still processing it. I'm still figuring it out. I'm still absorbing it. And doing this show is a, a great opportunity for me to absorb it uh, and to learn from you. So please never hesitate to reach out with anything. I try to be as uh, welcoming and as open-minded as possible, even your criticism, of course. In in fact, the criticism, even if it's sometimes slightly painful, that is often the most helpful feedback of all. Uh, One of the requests that was made most recently was for me to try to organize the show a bit more. And I think that's a fantastic idea. And you're absolutely right. Why not organize it better? So I've actually taken some notes and attempted to plot out today a, a little bit more than I had on the other episodes with the hopes that it helps to make the information more digestible, uh, more approachable, and uh, best of all, more understandable. But today, 
we're going to be talking about this story, this true life adventure that I, well, that I didn't go on. And I'll explain to you uh, all the ins and outs of it. It's a 100% true story, despite being very unbelievable, even to me. I can't believe that any of what happened actually did happen. I'm going to tell you all about it. And I'm going to try to then personally expand on the experience in a way that will be hopefully useful and helpful to you who maybe can relate to the experience, but maybe cannot because it is a pretty unusual life event that I actually hope no one really has to go through. Uh, despite it being a valu valuable lesson for me, uh, actually many valuable lessons were contained in this experience. It was also very frustrating and I don't wish that on anybody. But I did mention this to you, so that's why I decided I would now take the opportunity to get into it. This episode is going to be about the time that I was made the U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain in the Middle East. This is a true story, and it's unfolding right here on America WK. Now, this all began back in November of 2011. I, who am a rock and roll musician primarily, have had the chance to tour the world uh, and play pretty much every major country that you can think of, uh, with the exception, uh, some notable exceptions, of having never set foot uh, anywhere in any country uh, on the African continent, which I'm not happy about. I really would like to play there. Um, I've also never been to uh, Antarctica I've also never been to uh, China. I have been to Taiwan. Um, I have been to South Korea. Uh, never been to North Korea. I imagine I probably never will. But you never know. But uh, long story short, I've gotten to go to a lot of places. But one of the areas that I really uh, have not had the chance to go uh, for, for all these 15 years of my rock music career has been uh, to the Middle East. Uh, the closest I got was a family vacation to Turkey when I was uh, around 17 years old. But as far as being a rock singer and keyboard player in my Andrew WK music band, we play high-energy rock music, uh, I have never gone to tour in the Middle East. So imagine my surprise and excitement when not only was I invited to go to the Middle East, uh, but I was invited to go to Bahrain as an ambassador of the U.S. This is where the story takes off. November 2011, we get an email that actually I couldn't believe was true, but it did check out. An email from the State Department from uh, a young man representing uh, the, the State Department in Bahrain where he was working on cultural exchange opportunities specifically bringing American musicians over to Bahrain to not only perform, but most of all, to speak with other young people there, to engage in the local community and culture, and not only be a representative of the U.S., but to take back their experiences in Bahrain and share them with people back here in America. So I was completely beside myself with excitement. I couldn't really understand why I had been chosen out of all the musicians in the country, but I didn't really question it. This young man from the State Department was very sincere, uh, very professional, and he himself 
was passionate about what I do. I think actually what he specifically pointed out was that not only did he like my music, which is a lot to ask of anybody, it's pretty demanding, intense, but cheerful rock music, uh, but he also was uh, most interested in what I've done outside of music, much like this radio program. He liked that I uh, tried to communicate with people, and that is something that I found myself doing to my own surprise. Having it uh, come out of my rock music career was the most surprising aspect, but over the years, through doing interviews uh, and through talking with people about life, it became something uh, that I realized I was somewhat good at, or even if I wasn't that good at it, it's something I enjoyed, and that it was a, a chance to get to the same feelings of excitement and possibility and hope and positivity that uh, rock music developed for me. And for all those people out there that didn't like my music, it was another way to interact with them and not leave them out of the party. So this young man from the State Department wanted to bring me over to Bahrain to act as a cultural ambassador to the United States. Now, again, this was in 2011, uh, right around Thanksgiving time. And it began a process of vetting, background checks, uh, interviews, going through, of course, my whole personal life, uh, my non-existent, fortunately, criminal record, and just checking up to make sure that I would uh, pass muster in order to actually go on this trip. That was a long and drawn out process that became so in-depth that at times I thought we actually may never go because I thought maybe I wouldn't pass. But I did, and I will continue with this rather intense story when we get right back after this break. It's America WK, and I am Andrew WK. Don't go away. See you in a moment. America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. All right, welcome back. This is Andrew WK, your host of America WK. And today we're talking about this rather unbelievable adventure that I did and did not go on involving my near brush with ambassadorship representing the U.S. as a cultural ambassador to Bahrain in the Middle East. And we're reviewing the lead-up to this, well, trip that you'll find out about did not go as planned. It began in uh, November of 2011 when a young man working for the State Department's office in Bahrain reached out to set up a potential visit where I would represent not only the U.S., but also uh, take back some impressions from Bahrain to share with people back here in the U.S. As a rock and roll musician... It certainly uh, has been my great pleasure to travel around, but I'd never been to the Middle East, so this was a very exciting opportunity. And I really, again, most of all, I couldn't believe that my own government, the U.S. State Department, was willing to associate themselves with me. It, it really shocked me. If you're not familiar with how I look, for example, uh, you can picture it very easily. I have long hair, like so many rock and rollers do, quite long, in fact. 
And uh, I don't feel very strongly about long hair. I only have it because, well, one, it's how I'm meant to look. And that's a long story in and of itself. But it's how I'm supposed to be. Uh, and two, it looks good when you're headbanging and thrashing around on, on stage. It's not something that I take a lot of pride in, though. And in fact, in many situations, I, I would rather not have long hair. But it's sort of one of those things that I don't really think about anymore because it's what I'm meant to do. So I've accepted it. But uh, in addition to the long hair, I, I'm sort of unkept looking, uh, scraggly, rather unwashed. Uh, my clothes are certainly unwashed covered often in stains, filth, bacteria, dead human skin cells, remnants of food, remnants of waste, human and otherwise. And again, I'm not proud of this, but uh, when you wear all white clothing, these kinds of stains show up very well. Now, of course, many people in the rock and roll or just performing arts generally will wear all black. This is uh, for very good reason. However, again, much like the Long hair shows up well and enhances uh, radical dance moves like headbanging. The all-white clothes showed up very well on these dark stages, and they also reflected the light very well on uh, a lot of these, these traditional venues. They have beautiful lighting systems on their stage, and you want to make use of it. And what better way than to be a, a white canvas to reflect all that beautiful color. The white canvas, again, though, also showcases all those hard-earned party stains, and uh, it can look very off-putting. And, and I realized this, um, and I realized it from the very beginning of my career 15 years ago, that some people take cleanliness or the lack of cleanliness very personally. And if you show up looking filthy, especially with dirt underneath your fingernails, as I often have, uh, some scratches, bruises, maybe even a full-blown bloody nose, which is sort of my logo. It was the cover of my first album, and I've used that image ever since to identify myself. Uh, that blood and all that dirt and that long hair, it's a very intense image. So with all that being said, I was very excited and, and, and really moved. I must say, I was very impressed and proud of my own government for willing to associate themselves with me. And it was one of the first times I ever felt a, a real sense of connection with this otherwise hard-to-pin-down concept called government. I realized, wow, this is a group of people that are in touch with things, maybe even in touch with me, and that they have goodwill towards me. I always just had assumed that my own government somehow had a problem with me. Even if I wasn't breaking rules or doing anything wrong, I just always felt this underlying sort of hunch, this intuition that they would not approve of how I am or what I do. But that was actually not a well-founded feeling. That was not justified because, if anything, my own ability to, to do what I do is all thanks to the way this country has been set up, uh, despite the government uh, at times, or perhaps in best cases because of it. The freedom I have to be able to play rock music, for example, uh, certainly in parts of the Middle East where I was supposed to be going as an ambassador, you're not even allowed to listen to rock and roll music, let alone play it, let alone devote your entire life uh, to a career in rock music. Uh, also, you wouldn't even be allowed to have long hair. So it really was a moment when I realized that uh, 
I could be a very thankful and a very good representative of the freedoms that this country permits us to have, to, to be oneself, to follow one's particular passions with the hopes that it brings out your true essence. Now, I don't know that my true essence is being covered in filth, but all my efforts are a means to an end, which is supposed to be a joyful celebratory feeling, a feeling of, of possibility and power. And I use these things like headbanging and bloody noses and very, very cheerful rock music to try and get to that place. And it's not only permitted here, the, the State Department was encouraging it and encouraging me to be a representative of what this country could offer. So it's really a, a moment of, 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 of brotherly camaraderie. I felt like I actually could represent this country uh, with pride, with, with dignity. And I could communicate these, these values, these ideas of, of, of freedom, but also of integrity. And it was never ever in my, in my mind uh, a chance to insult or uh, disrespect this opportunity to be a cultural ambassador. So the fact that I was being invited with all this baggage that I really had as an individual, again, no criminal history, no major trouble or anything like that, just imagery, just, just my self, but that the, the, the government was willing to, to go with that and bring me to Bahrain as a cultural ambassador. It really changed my life. This changed, it, 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 it instilled a type of hope that all these people I thought of as politicians or policymakers or uh, bureaucrats or just people that didn't look like me, that maybe there wasn't that much difference between us. Maybe, in fact, I had misjudged them the same way that I had assumed they were misjudging me, that I thought they were closed-minded, that they uh, you know, didn't even like music, let alone rock music, let alone my music, that they would always uh, want to disassociate themselves from people who looked different, who didn't wear suits, for example, who didn't necessarily pursue the same things in life that they pursued, or didn't necessarily uh, share the same surface values that maybe they promoted through how they carried themselves just as people. But I was so excited to think that underneath all that, underneath the suits and ties and hairstyles and sort of daily activities, that there was a common shared understanding of what really mattered in life. And that's certainly what I was always most interested in. Again, to me, rock music, however sacred it is, it is a means to an end. Uh, it is a feeling that I'm most interested in, a feeling that I would like to associate with some sort of, of truth. And if not truth itself, at least the approach towards truth, trying to tear away at everything that stands in the way of the natural inherent goodness of existence. And here I thought I was going to be able to represent that core value on behalf of the U.S. State Department, the, the, the country itself, go to Bahrain. And from what I understood in my conversations with this young man at the State Department, that's in exactly what I was going to be doing. In fact, he wasn't even that interested in me playing music. He wanted me to hang out with students and young people and see Bahrain and then report back to the U.S. and share it uh, with as many people as I could. And I thought this was just, just unbelievable, almost too good to be true. Well, perhaps it was. I will continue this story in a moment. You are listening to America WK. Thank you for your patience. I'll be right back. 
This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Your friend and mine, Andrew WK. All right, welcome back. Thank you very much. My name is Andrew WK. It's a pleasure to be with you here on America WK, my first and ever radio show about anything, specifically about partying and about enjoying life. And this uh, third episode here, we're talking about my unbelievable experience with the U.S. State Department when they uh, made me a U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain. A lot of people think this is all lies. This never happened. I absolutely can prove to you that it is true. And all you have to do is go to State Department's own website, state.gov. Now, unless they've deleted the records of this press conference, you can actually see this come up in their own press conference. Just type Andrew WK Bahrain State.gov or some combination of that. There's actually quite a lot of information about this whole experience if you just search for it. I'm going to tell you the whole story I've been telling you because I've actually never taken the time to tell this story all the way. It's always been a bit rushed. So I'm very excited about having this larger, unbroken block of time to really stretch it out and share with you exactly what was going through my mind. Again, this all began in November of 2011 when a young man working at the State Department's office in Bahrain, in the Middle East, asked me if I would like to come over and represent the U.S. as a cultural ambassador. This began in November 2011. It was right around Thanksgiving. And as a side note, there is something about the fall, about the autumn, especially, I'd say, from Halloween until Thanksgiving, before we get into the full-blown winter around Christmas time, there is something very intense and magical about that entire realm. Now, for me, I grew up in Michigan. We had the full four seasons there, living most of my life in the Midwest or the East Coast. We always had the four seasons. And the season of autumn, I feel like, is the most exciting time. I may have mentioned this before. To me, if spring represents the rebirth of nature... Uh, when trees and flowers and animals uh, come out and are reborn and take shape for a new chance at life or just a regenerated version, another round, another year, I feel like fall or autumn for the human spirit is the same. I feel like that's the chance when the human spirit has a, a new sense of possibility. I don't know why. A lot of people don't like that time of the year, I guess, because it's cold or gray. To me, actually, those qualities all add to that feeling of possibility. It was the most romantic time in my mind. It was the most uh, thrilling and exciting and tantalizing time, a sense of, of new beginnings, new opportunities, new ways of looking at the world. And I, I can't really explain it. It could be something mystical, but I always have felt it. And maybe you can relate to that. And even if you don't live somewhere that has such dynamic, high contrast seasons like you do up north, uh, you can still get a sense of the cycles that take place, even if they're more subtle. 
And there's something very unique about always returning to that autumn state and with it uh, having this sense of new and bizarre journeys beginning to unfold. And that's certainly what was happening to me in 2011. So the State Department representative, he put us through a lot of steps. As I mentioned, there was a lot of clearances, a lot of background checks. Those were not a concern for me, you know, in terms of technical background checks, because I never really got in trouble with anything. There was nothing on the books. I was very fortunate to never be arrested or, you know, charged with any crimes or have any major problems like that. So most of the background checks that I was concerned about were just in how I looked, uh, the body of work that I've uh, presented over the course of my career. I, I mean, I would never, ever, ever have assumed that the U.S. government would ever want to associate me with any formal event, with any trip like a cultural ambassador, with ever having anything to officially do with the country. And, and, and as I mentioned in the last segment, that I was completely moved by their willingness, by this young man from the State Department giving me this chance to represent the country because I also realized and always have realized that I wouldn't be able to do anything that I've done, at least not in this way, in this manner, if it wasn't for this country. I am as big a believer in what this country is possible, makes possible, pardon me, and what this country stands for in terms of allowing an individual to realize themselves, to become self-actualized, uh, and to spread that truth, really, around to all of human civilization that are willing and, and, and wanting it. It is a human right. It is human destiny. I believe that. I am open and understanding of people who don't, but it seems like... Uh, not believing that the sky is blue. It seems like it's such an integral aspect of human existence to have the chance to become yourself that to take that away or to uh, hinder that development in any way seems like a crime, not only against humanity, but against uh, the universe. It is uh, tampering with the unfolding of true destiny, uh, of the divine powers that be. And you can tamper with them, but you cannot stop them. And one way or another, people will find a way, nature will find a way to go where it's meant to go. So I was very excited to take that type of spirit to Bahrain, uh, and not in a heavy-handed way, but to go with that sense of solidarity that maybe uh, the State Department didn't necessarily even need to like my music, that maybe we could bond on that soul truth, that kind of uh, human integrity that I felt the best of the United States uh, was meant to represent, and that we could bring that to people all over the world, and who wouldn't want to, uh, to, to represent that quality. So anyway, uh, a year went by, and it was around 2012 when our State Department representative finally confirmed that we had passed all the tests, we had achieved uh, all the clearances that we needed to get, we were ready to schedule the trip. And we began in uh, a, almost exactly a year later, around Thanksgiving 2012, to start to plot out a trip for early next year which would have been uh, spring of 2013. I believe we were looking at either February or March or April or May. This was uh, you know, a carefully plotted 
trip. So we were already taking our sweet time and going through all the necessary background checks. And once that was done, it was time to set up what was going to be about a week-long trip, going to Bahrain and primarily spending time with students in their natural habitat, I suppose you could say, their natural surroundings uh, at school, around the town, uh, in their homes. I was supposed to really immerse myself into the culture uh, of young people in Bahrain. And I, I couldn't have been more excited. We, were, we had the hotel confirmed where I would be staying. Uh, it wasn't anything fancy. We had my flight actually booked through the State Department, just a regular flight. Again, I wasn't even being paid anything for this trip. This was all for the sake of the experience and for what I could give, uh, not only to Bahrain, what I could offer them as a, as a visiting cultural ambassador, but also what I could bring back to my own country here in the USA. And uh, I couldn't believe it was actually happening. To uh, finally get that itinerary uh, confirmed was a huge deal. Uh, I kept feeling like this whole thing was going to fall apart. I had this deep instinct that this just couldn't actually be real. But it was real. I mean, the invitation was real. And we got the, the uh, itinerary confirmed, and that was about as real as I ever uh, needed it to be to really believe in it. The State Department had asked me to not announce anything about the trip until they had confirmed that itinerary. And again, around 2012, November, they gave me the go-ahead to actually post on my websites and just put it out there into public view that I would be going to Bahrain uh, as a U.S. cultural ambassador. This was their language. And boy, oh boy, did the waste hit the fan. As they say, this is where things really take a turn. I'll be right back. America WK. This is America WK, hosted by Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. WK with Andrew WK only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, you're back on America WK. This is Andrew WK, your host. Thank you very much for being with me today. If you're just joining me, I'm talking about the rather unbelievable but 100% true story of when the U.S. State Department invited me to be the U.S. Cultural Ambassador to Bahrain. Now, as far as the story goes, we had completed a year of background checks between November 2011 and November 2012, and we are just now at the point where I was given my official itinerary. The flights were booked. The hotel was booked. I was going over to Bahrain by myself, actually, and meeting up with the State Department representative in Bahrain to meet with students, to hang out and experience in a very real daily life version of what a young person experiences there and share my own uh, experiences as a rock and roll musician, as an American citizen, as someone who was very excited to be represented in uh, his country, but also someone who would take back what I saw over there. Now, I had never been and still have never been, little hint there, to the Middle East, uh, let alone Bahrain, and was extraordinarily excited that I was going to get to go and represent the U.S. in this capacity. 
to not just uh, have it be about music even, but to have it be about humans, about being a person, uh, connecting with other people. The day that I announced this trip, because I had been asked to keep the whole thing top secret until the itinerary was confirmed, until everything was laid out, which is always a good idea. There's no reason to start announcing stuff until you're 100% going. So I was. I was 100% going. The tickets were booked. And our representative told us that I could now share this with the world. And we didn't actually put out any major giant release. It was simply something I was excited about. So I explained it and told the people that I thought would be interested, put it up on my website, andrewwk.com. And uh, never imagined the reaction because to be honest, as far as I was aware and the way that the State Department representative was explaining the trip was that this wasn't a really big deal. It was a rather low-key event. I mean, there's people traveling all over the world at all times uh, as ambassadors representing the U.S. and interacting with different countries and different people. But certainly I, or maybe better someone like me, is not often in that position. And that is what we soon discovered. People were completely shocked, but I want to say people were actually surprised and happy. Um, I never actually thought people would be as enthusiastic about me going to the Middle East as a uh, an official representative uh, with the State Department's blessing. People were very excited. I think actually a lot of people who maybe had felt a sort of disconnect with the U.S. government, at least culturally, were uh, encouraged the same way I was, that, wow, maybe uh, these, these government types, these politicians, these suits – Maybe they are a little more open-minded. Maybe that uh, we would sort of write them off too quickly as not being interested in things that don't uh, completely align with their personal views or their personal tastes. Maybe there really is room for all different kinds of people in this country, as there seems to be. That's certainly part of the idea. And it was it was very exciting, it seemed like, for a lot of people that I was going over as a representative. Now, I should also say that despite being a rock and roll musician, I have quite a bit of experience doing lectures. I've spoken to many schools, uh, really high-level universities like you know Yale and Oxford and Harvard and New York University, uh, among many others. So I, I, I actually can't believe I've gotten to do that either, but I have. So there was some kind of background. This wasn't completely insane. It was only moderately insane that I was getting to go to Bahrain as a cultural ambassador. And once the news was out there, it got picked up uh, quite heavily. Again, go look on Google, just type in Andrew WK Bahrain, and you'll see that it was covered with some confusion, but certainly uh, an undeniable amount of enthusiasm by many different parts of the media. And this really meant a lot to me as well, not just because they were being nice to me, but because, it, again, it created this sense of solidarity that all these different media outlets, perhaps from different sides of the spectrum with different opinions, different beliefs, different uh, worldviews, were able to get behind the idea of this rather unlikely candidate uh, going over to promote the power of positive partying in a part of the world that certainly hadn't seen the likes of me before, maybe for good reason. Well, within 24 hours of the announcement going live, we got a call from our State Department representative saying the entire trip was now canceled. 
I couldn't even believe it. Uh, I mean, at that point, it seemed like everything I had been instinctively feeling was right all along. This was too good to be true. What actually happened was that someone higher up in the State Department, uh, once the news was formally announced, caught wind of this and apparently wasn't involved in all the background checks we had been doing for the, the year previous and was completely outraged upon looking up my picture and seeing this bloody-nosed, long-haired rocker guy and canceled the entire trip. Now, what happened after that is actually even more amazing than everything else. This is America WK. Thank you so much. Be right back. A party for being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. Thank you for being with me. We're talking about the 100% true, but very hard to believe, story about when I was asked to be a U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain by the U.S. State Department, the closest I ever have interacted with the U.S. government. This was the first time I ever actually got involved, and boy, oh boy, was it a strange experience. As I was explaining, in November 2011, I was invited by the U.S. State Department office in Bahrain to come over as a cultural ambassador, not only to play some rock music, but to hang out with students and young people in Bahrain and share with them my experience as a human being, but also as an American and as a performer, rock musician, as a lecturer, and then also just to take back my impressions of the country and share them here. Very simple and actually a rather low-key event. This was not presented to us as some kind of earth-shattering, gigantic event, we were aware that these types of cultural exchanges go on all the time. And the young man at the State Department who was organizing this went through a year of background checks on me, uh, approval processes, organizing until uh, around November of 2012, right around Thanksgiving, we actually had our itinerary for my trip to Bahrain, flights booked, hotel booked, and a whole week's worth of events scheduled for my time there. I was completely excited, deeply moved, very proud, I'm not ashamed to say, very proud that I was getting to represent this country that has given me so much, had, had been the entire means with which I was able to do all the things I've gotten to do. I fully believed that I could represent the spirit of America as a place where individuals have the freedom to become who they are meant to become. And despite the way I look and a lot of the things I've done on the surface, I felt like there was a, a deeply held uh, and shared sense of purpose when it came to that inherent truth that the United States seems to be built upon that it's the best of what humanity can be and strive for, a true noble idealism that we can be the best we can be by being given the freedom to be so. 
So that was the idea that I was going over there with in my mind. And once we officially were given permission to announce my trip there, it was picked up everywhere, got a lot of excitement and, and a largely overwhelmingly positive reaction. I think people, again, even if they weren't fans of, of mine, they were excited that someone like me, someone different, someone maybe even a little controversial could go and be a suitable representative for this country, that some of what makes this country great is that there are controversial people in it. Perhaps that is one of the greatest things about it of all. There's room for controversy. In fact, it's encouraged because somehow out of all that, out of all that disagreement, all, uh, craziness and clashing, we somehow get further and deeper towards truth. And if that's all squashed out and not allowed or even made illegal, like it is in parts of the Middle East, for example, then you actually get nowhere fast. And there's not much truth to be found. And whatever is found is being kept from people in the most oppressive and cruel way. So once the trip was announced, someone higher up, and if, as it was explained to me by my State Department representative, and I want to make very clear that this young man was nothing but supportive and kind and incredibly enthusiastic. It was not his fault when literally 24 hours after my trip was announced and was canceled, it was not his fault that any of that went the way it had. He had gone through all the background checks necessary. It was someone higher up, I believe, at the time. It was Hillary Clinton's right-hand person. I, I, it was never confirmed to me exactly what happened. I asked many, many, many times if I could please be given the straight story as to why my trip was canceled. And they never did give me a straight story. Even my contact at the U.S. State Department wasn't given the full story, or so he said. But essentially, it seemed as though it boiled down to, once the trip was announced, it got a lot more coverage than anyone anticipated. This was supposed to be a very small-time trip. And I am a relatively small-time individual. I'm not a world leader by any stretch of the imagination. I haven't really had the type of fame that reaches far and wide that would make me a typical candidate for an ambassadorship, which is actually part of what people I think were excited about. I certainly was excited about that because I don't really deserve to be one. I haven't really achieved that much in those traditional realms that would normally point to opportunities such as ambassadorships. But isn't that what makes this country great? I was going to get to go anyway. Just little old me. So I don't think anyone, especially the State Department, expected anyone to really care very much about this. But it was almost because of the fact that it wasn't so obvious that I didn't necessarily meet those traditional criteria that people got excited. And all that excitement blew up quite a bit bigger than anyone expected, certainly bigger than I expected, and again, certainly bigger than the State Department expected. And it probably caught eye of someone very high up in the State Department, hey, maybe even the Secretary of State herself at the time, to the degree where she took one look at me, probably a photo where I had a bloody nose and was wearing very filthy clothing, took a look at some of my song titles like Party Till You Puke, Party Party Party, Party Hard, Long Live the Party, amongst many others, and said, no, this person is not going to go and represent the U.S. in Bahrain or anywhere else. And they probably thought at that moment, that by canceling the whole trip, it was all just going to go away. And certainly when I got the call from our State Department representative that it was canceled, I too 
thought that was it. This whole thing is just done and it's all going to go away. However, I was very, very, very disappointed. And I'm not going to lie, I was also hurt. There was uh, even that feeling in the back of your throat, that kind of tightening and welling up of a lump with a watering in the eye. I was sad and it hurt my feelings that I had been given this opportunity and that the way it was canceled was by the very people who gave me the opportunity thinking I didn't look right. And I had thought so highly of them that they were so noble and open-minded that they could see past things like that, superficial things that aren't necessarily a good reflection of someone's character. And that even if they did judge those things like song titles or photographs, that they couldn't take the time to look a little deeper and see other things that I had done, or even just listen to their State Department representative who had set up the whole trip in the first place and certainly could have vouched for the fact that I was not going to disrespect our country or Bahrain or do anything other than present a very dignified and respectable uh, individual to these folks, uh, a person who means well. All of that was in my intention. Why couldn't they see that? But they didn't. I think probably because it was just easier and safer to not take a risk, which is exactly why everyone got excited, because there was a bit of a risk, because it wasn't the most obvious thing to do. The most obvious thing to do, of course, is not to do anything. Don't do anything at all. It's way easier to not do anything, especially not send Andrew WK over to Bahrain. That is a very easy thing to not do. So, of course, people, and especially myself, got very excited when this was going to happen. And it all just seemed way too typical and, and so obvious once it was canceled for something so simple as basically judging a book by its cover. Isn't that what makes this country interesting, though, is that you don't know who someone is. People can look all different kinds of ways, but that isn't necessarily a reflection of what is in their heart or what they are capable of. And I was just crushed. I really was. I was full-blown depressed for the rest of that day when we got that announcement. And I was asked uh, immediately by our State Department representative to announce that the trip was canceled and to post everywhere that the whole thing was squashed. And I really believe that he wanted the trip to still happen, but that higher-up person really thought that this would all just go away. Just, just cancel it. Well, as soon as it was announced that the trip was canceled, lo and behold, people got more excited than ever. More riled up than ever, not because they were glad it was canceled, but because they were completely disappointed, uh, outraged, actually, that it was canceled. I'll continue this unbelievable but 100% true story more in a moment on America WK. This is America WK, featuring Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Undisputed King of Party invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. All right, hello again. Thank you very much for coming back with me. Thank you for sticking with me throughout all this episode. I must admit that 
on America WK, despite being in our third episode, this is still new to me. And uh, I still have a lot of self-doubt, not in necessarily a bad way, although some of it is probably not useful, but in a way that I really am trying to get better at doing this. Uh, my name is Andrew WK, and today I'm struggling to tell you uh, in detail about this 100% true real-life adventure or non-adventure that I went on or didn't go on, depending how you look at it, that involved the U.S. State Department inviting me to be a U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain. It all started around Thanksgiving in 2011, and after a year of planning, it took us to 2012, where upon announcing my trip, someone high up in the State Department canceled the whole thing. And that's where we are. And, and, and again, the general public reaction, as far as I saw, and you can look this up on Google, I encourage you to, you'll see that there was quite a lot of coverage. And I think that what's so strange about this, the entire reason it was canceled was because of the excitement that people had about me going. I think the State Department didn't expect anyone to really care. And actually, I didn't really expect anyone to really care. We almost weren't going to even announce that I was going. It was actually sort of an afterthought that we might as well tell people that I'm about to go on this trip, even though it doesn't necessarily really involve anyone directly. It's not like I'm going on a, a world tour. I'm just going on one semi-private trip as an ambassador to hang out with students in Bahrain. But people got very excited, I think, again, because they would never expect the U.S. State Department to ever want to have anything to do with me. But they were actually very moved, I think, very warmly moved that something like this could actually happen in the government in Washington, that the State Department would have something to do with a bloody nose rock and roller, a party philosopher or whatever it is that I am. And uh, believe me, I was excited and completely blown away. But also, I wasn't that shocked, I must admit, even though I was horribly disappointed when they canceled it. And they canceled it because it got too much attention. All of a sudden, there was too many eyes on this thing. And the story that we were given is that someone higher up at the State Department, I was told that it was one of the uh, right-hand people to Hillary Clinton herself, someone had heard about the trip that wasn't somehow in the loop uh, during all the year of planning that we went through. You'd think they would have been uh, aware of this from the very beginning, especially if they were going to be so concerned about it later. But they weren't because they probably had better things to do than concern themselves with me. And once they did become aware of it, because it did get a lot more attention than anyone had anticipated, they canceled it because I have a bloody nose and I sing songs about partying and I don't look like other people that might normally be considered proper ambassadors or whatever reason. I think they just canceled it because it was much easier to cancel than to actually go through with it, despite the fact that plane tickets had already been purchased, despite the fact that hotel rooms had already been booked. And they thought this would all just go away. Well, as I was telling you before the break, the amount of attention that the cancellation got dwarfed any attention that the actual official announcement had initially got. And again, this was to my complete surprise. Now people who were maybe somewhat hesitant or disinterested uh, or maybe just thought the whole thing was sort of stupid, once they heard it was uh, canceled, all of a sudden they were more passionate than ever. And again, I would never have expected people to come to my defense. People from all over the spectrum in the United States came to my defense that I should have been allowed to go. And it really was a very strange situation because I'm not that surprised, again, that a trip like this maybe didn't end up happening. But I thought if it was going to be canceled, it would be canceled by someone in Bahrain, 
that they wouldn't want this guy coming over. And I wouldn't blame them. I mean, I don't fit in. If I don't fit in to the State Department here in my own country, I certainly don't fit in to Bahrain. But it wasn't Bahrain. They were more than happy to have me come. It was my own government that told me not to go. And not only that, it was the part of government, the State Department, that had invited me to go in the first place. It's completely ridiculous. It makes no sense at all. I actually just think there probably wasn't a lot of thought going into this at any step of the way. There probably wasn't a lot of thought when they first invited me. There certainly wasn't a lot of thought when they canceled it. And then there wasn't a lot of thought when they realized that canceling it was going to actually cause more interest in the story than ever. When you try to cover something up, it doesn't go away. It actually just stays there and hovers and, if anything, gets more attention. And that's perhaps the, the most interesting thing I was able to take away because I was very disappointed and very sad. But in the cancellation of the trip, I had the opportunity to talk about Bahrain, this place that I still have never gone, and more opportunity to talk about my own country than I really had ever had ever in my life. All of a sudden, I was being invited on to uh, news talk shows that I'd never been invited on before. I was doing interviews with uh, parts of the newspaper and media that I had never spoken with before. And again, what was most interesting wasn't that people wanted to talk about the cancellation. It was that they shared my same fundamental dismay that after all that, that my own government would pull the plug on the very plan that they had devised because someone higher up didn't really like the way that I looked. And they were really miffed about it too, most people's reaction. And those that really thought it wasn't that big of a deal and it wasn't worth talking about, uh, I agreed with in a way. Uh, but in another way, I thought it was a very good example of people getting excited about something that just doesn't happen every day and then at the last minute having it all taken away. But if I think about what a cultural ambassadorship is supposed to achieve. And when the very nice young man, who again isn't to blame for any of the troubles and eventual cancellation, when that very nice man, young man from the State Department first invited us, he, he explained that the whole point was just to create a dialogue, to get people in Bahrain uh, talking with me, to get me talking with them, and then to get each other talking with one another when we went back home. And in that regard, the fact that the trip never even happened somehow, in a very strange way, ended up generating more dialogue, more conversation, more energy around the very phenomenon than even if I had ever just gone in the first place. And I think that for a lot of my friends, for sure, they had never even really heard of Bahrain. But now I was getting calls from people I hadn't talked to since high school who were asking me about this Bahrain place and why am I not going now and how did this all happen? It ended up taking on a life of its own in a way that even the State Department couldn't control. And uh, there's a great moment, if you are able to look it up, in an official press conference that has been archived, I believe, unless they've removed it, it's been archived on state.gov online where the uh, secretary, the press secretary for the State Department, I believe that's the right term, is uh, in a press conference talking about all very worldly important State Department uh, issues, uh, and then at the very end is asked a question about my cultural ambassador trip to Bahrain, much to her dismay. She even says, 
that she was hoping no one was going to ask about this. And this is just so strange. And what she basically said was that they had never officially approved the trip, which is uh, either she was unaware that the flights were already purchased, the trip was already done for a year, or she was lying, and the trip was not approved, and that it wasn't worth taxpayers' money to send this guy to Bahrain. Well, there's just so many levels of, of a ridiculousness in that statement that it, it's hard to even go into it. I think each of us can probably think through a whole bunch of reasons. Also, I was paying for my flights. That should also be known. Uh, the idea that this was about money is silly. This is the Andrew WK. I'll be right back. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Undisputed King of Party invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. This is your host, Andrew WK. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for sticking with me here on my third ever episode. I just want to say, as I go through and make this show with you, uh, I'm hearing ways that I can improve as I'm doing it. Uh, and I try to ride that line between being hard on myself so as to encourage myself to improve and then also not be too hard on myself that I get distracted and end up talking about things like this during the precious time of my show. But I just want you to realize that I am aware that there's so much more to go. And that's exciting to me. It's exciting that this is a chance for me to improve at doing anything. I hope that... This show is not just useful for anyone out there who may be listening. I hope it's useful for you specifically, and I hope it's uh, useful for me. I'm here to get better and learn and grow in a way that is humbling, to say the least, because it's very clear once you set out to do something how far that thing can take you. And when you're not all the way there yet, it can feel very overwhelming. So thank you again just for, for being with me. And uh, as we go into future episodes, there's all kinds of stuff I want to do. I am trying to sort of get some very basic episodes under my belt first where uh, mainly I get a chance for you to get to know me and I have a chance to get to know you. There's so much I want to cover uh, in every episode. I feel like we have to establish some kind of a, a relationship together and once that foundation is built, we can really build upon it in all different directions. But right now, there's roots and a trunk being built. And then those uh, branches can go off in all sorts of different directions. But that being said, please, anytime you have an idea about what you would like to hear on the show, what, what you want to talk about, please, please don't hesitate to send it to me. I've received some excellent feedback, some very constructive criticism about how to improve the quality of the show and how to uh, best organize and deliver information, but also great topics, great ideas to discuss, ones that I have thought of and then ones I would never have ever thought of, ones that would never have occurred to me if someone hadn't suggested it. And I'm very excited to talk about those in the coming episodes. And maybe we'll even get to some of it today. 
But most of today, I wanted to focus on this this story that I thought you would really relate to in in maybe an abstract way, or at least enjoy in an entertaining way, but would, would also tell you a little bit more about who I am, because we're going to be spending all this time together, and these are sort of defining stories for me. I mean, this one was one of the more unusual and big events in my life, even though it was a non-event. That's what's so strange about it. It's something that didn't happen that became one of the biggest things that happened to me. And what that thing is, was the time I was invited to be the U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain uh, by the State Department, only to have them cancel the trip a year after planning it and going through all the motions and then pulling the plug literally a week before I was supposed to go uh, or a few weeks before I was supposed to go. And anyway, all of this is uh, able to be researched by you if you're interested. A lot of people think this was a hoax. That is absolutely not true. It's 100% true. I cannot believe that it happened, so I, I don't blame anyone. I don't blame you if you don't believe it. Uh, but it really did happen, as unbelievable as it may be. I was invited to go to Bahrain. The State Department set up the whole trip. Then someone higher up at the State Department, we don't know exactly who, I wasn't told and would not be told no matter how many times I asked who exactly canceled the trip. But basically they saw some picture of me. Or this is what I assume, actually. I should say that. Maybe they, maybe none of this was based on anything like that. Maybe that's all in my head. They said it wasn't appropriate for me to go, basically. That uh, it was approved on a lower level, but that a higher-up saw some picture of me. And and again, I don't blame them for that. And And something else that has occurred to me, and occurred to me right away back in 2012 when the trip was canceled, maybe this was all meant to be. Maybe this was for my own good. Not just meant to be because there ended up being a very interesting sort of fallout uh, and excitement around the cancellation. The whole thing was intensified and made even more strange and unbelievable by the State Department then rescinding their offer. But maybe, maybe my safety was at risk. That was the thing I started telling myself right away, is that maybe there was some hidden information that I couldn't know about, something top secret that involved my own safety or the safety of other people that were supposed to be involved in this event, uh, me going over there and talking to students. I mean, it certainly is a volatile area. There's all kinds of issues with human rights uh, in, in Bahrain, some of which I was aware of before I was supposed to go, and then many of which I was made aware of by people after my trip was canceled. And more and more talk of Bahrain itself came up. I mean, that was what I was trying to make clear, is that I learned more about Bahrain, it seems, almost from not going than I ever would have had I even gone. The amount of uh, discussion that came from the cancellation of my trip was, I am, I think, much greater than anything that would have happened had I actually just gone. And the State Department certainly didn't realize that by canceling the trip, they would draw even more attention to it. So with all this being said, this, this strange non-event adventure, I wanted to immediately, in the midst of all this, with the crushing disappointment, with the confusion, with the anger I felt, the frustration, I felt hurt, I felt uh, misjudged by people that had already extended an invitation. You know, it reminds me of uh, if, if you got invited to go to a party a really amazing party by people that you never thought would invite you. Sort of a, a group of higher ups, like uh, in high school, if you're always in awe or at least sort of aware of this upper level existence that 
the big kids have. That's, you know, probably for the worst, the way I've oftentimes looked at the U.S. government, not in necessarily an admiring way, but just as these people that exist in a world that I don't get to participate in, even though I'm supposed to be participating in it more than they are, in a way, fundamentally. And here those people were extending this special invitation to me, someone who never, ever thought, I thought my chances of having anything to do with anyone officially in the U.S. government, especially the State Department, I thought those chances were gone the minute I grew my hair long. Uh, But here I was about to do it. And to have that then stripped away for something as evidently shallow as having long hair by the very people that that invited me, it was crushing. It was like, uh, you know, having a pretty girl ask you out on a date and then have her change her mind at the last second because of some really superficial, shallow thing. And in a way, you, 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 you felt like you had misjudged her in thinking that she never would do something as low as to ask you out and then cancel at the last second. So it was all very disillusioning, 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 pardon me. But I tried to extract value from the ordeal. And that's one thing I wanted to use to wrap up this story is when things like this happen in life, of course, there's the immediate emotions that take place. And those are very natural, the feelings of frustration the feelings of anger, the feelings of being justified at feeling angry and frustrated, feelings of disappointment, feelings of embarrassment, feelings of humiliation, feeling bad in general. But what can we then do to let those feelings have their moment while at the same time not letting them take the lead? Let them pass through us. Let us examine them. give them a valid chance at being felt and appreciated. And then what can we do? This is what I was most interested in personally about this experience is how could I let this not just be a horrible event in my life? How could this actually be something great? Well, as I said, there was a lot of great opportunities to talk about it, like me getting to tell you about it right now. I probably wouldn't really even talk about this story if I had ended up going. I mean, if I did, it would probably be, you know, an interesting trip. I got to go to a a foreign country. I got to go to the Middle East for the first time. I got to go to Bahrain. I got to represent the U.S. as a cultural ambassador. But it's the frustration of it not happening, which has made it much more meaningful to me. We're going to get into that because that's the power of positive partying. That's the mindset. This is America W.K. Be right back. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Undisputed King of Partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. You're with Andrew WK right here on America WK. Thank you for sticking with me on my third ever episode of this radio show. It is a privilege to be with you talking about 
this unbelievable but 100% true story about when I was asked to be the U.S. cultural ambassador to Bahrain in the Middle East by the U.S. State Department, only to have the State Department then cancel the trip at the last second. Well, I talked to my dad, which is something that I imagine you might do. You talk to someone else to see what they think about it. Someone who not only you trust, but someone who maybe not only knows more about life than you do, but maybe even knows more about you than you do, or at least than you think you do. And my dad had a lot of things to say. Well, he was first very disappointed and a little angry for me. I think, you know, he he was upset at the State Department for misjudging his son. And he said, well, Andrew, this is a situation where they judged a book by its cover. And it's really, it's just messed up. Yeah, she didn't have much more to say than that. But he told me that he felt they were wrong. Because for me, there was still a lot of doubt that maybe I was wrong, that I had done something bad, that I wasn't a good enough person uh, somehow to represent the country. And I understand even that idea that maybe I'm not, but they had already said I could go. So I was kind of past that initially. And so thinking about that idea of judging a book by its cover, I vowed from that moment on to do whatever I could to never treat someone the way I had been treated by the State Department, to never do that to someone else. When you are mistreated, the initial reaction is to somehow try to get revenge, and that's understandable, that there's some type of satisfaction that will come when some type of retaliation is accomplished. But we realize deep down inside that satisfaction of revenge is very superficial and very short-lived and very fleeting and usually only inspires another attack from the side you just got revenge on and it goes on and on as we've seen played out in just about every aspect of human civilization. So maybe the real triumph was to absorb the wrong that I felt had been committed towards me and use it to try to make myself better. Not better than other people, better than myself. To try to use these experiences to build up values, to reconfirm my own integrity about how I wanted to be as a person. And that to, I, if I felt I really was qualified to represent the U.S., I better really make sure I actually am. If I really felt I was wrongfully terminated in being a cultural ambassador, then I really should live my life from that moment on with even more conviction to be worthy of representing not just the country, but be a good representative of the human race. And those kinds of things seemed very abstract in a way before that moment. But that experience had a way of making them much more tangible because I never considered myself capable of being a representative of really anybody but myself. But maybe each of us can be a representative of the best that humanity can offer. It's, of course, a very, very, very high mark to shoot for. But when it comes to ideals, that's the whole point, to try to imagine the best that you can be and do everything you can to go for it. And even if you only get a small port of the way there, a small portion, a small percentage of the way to that idealistic place, that's still an improvement. And if you don't have some ideal 
and result in mind, then there's nothing to hope for or strive towards at all. And you just settle with mediocrity, which is much less than any of us are capable for, capable of. So let us use any kind of disappointment, any kind of frustration, any wrong that was committed against us, not as a motivation to cause harm to others or to get even with others or to somehow act out our anger, but as a way to turn back inward and bring ourselves up to another level. The big things, the small things, each one of them is a test, a challenge, an initiation to a higher level of being. And any time we can look around ourselves and view our circumstances or our adversity as an opportunity to get better, then maybe we won't be so upset or freaked out or stressed out or depressed by them. Maybe somewhere in a small way we'll actually be excited by these challenges not happy about them necessarily because they can be very painful and very trying but at least take some kind of some type of satisfaction in knowing that we are not hopeless in at least our ability to let them bring out something better within us thank you very very much for staying with me and helping me do this it's america wk i'll see you next week this has been andrew wk never stop partying a party for being alive this is america wk with andrew wk on the blaze radio network